Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Episode 71, Full Stop with Christina Pearson. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Race for the Ring. We have a very interesting conversation today. Uh, Our guest today is Christina Pearson. She's a dating coach, podcast coach, and basically is an expert in how you can manifest your dream guy and actually has a workbook about that. So we talk about that a little bit later in the show. But the topic is basically called full stop. And by that, we mean uh, what to do on a first date, how to handle yourself, mistakes many of us make on a first date, and also what's the proper protocol to follow if and when which is for me a lot, you're not loving your first date so that you come out looking like a winner and not a salty, nasty witch with a B. So before we get into the combo, a very quick, quick reminder for everyone to please rate and review The Race for the Ring if you haven't done so. It means so much to me. Also, be sure to jump in on the wrapping up of the first contest um, for... The first diamond ring that we are giving away. Um, And to do that, all you need to do is to pre-order my new book, which comes out October 26th, called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. And the book is amazing, if I don't say so myself. It's all about basically becoming a good person, being a good uh, friend to other women, being um, a woman who supports other women, not looking at other women as competition. If you happen to, you know, work for a a bitch, which unfortunately I feel like every woman has at some point in time, how you can handle yourself so that you basically don't want to jump over the bridge every single day you leave work. Um, I have a lot of really good anecdotes. I have a really, a, a lot of really good actionable information 
I talk a lot in, uh, about my own personal experiences, um, both working for someone who was, to say the least, abusive and unpleasant, as well as leading my team um, and also sharing some really juicy stories about some of the things that have happened over the almost 20 years that I've owned and operated MB and Associates Public Relations, um, which is of lots of interesting clientele and a lot of celebrities, fun, glitzy stuff in terms of stories to share and things of that nature. Um, I also talk about the importance of being a really good mentor and also the importance of being an uh, open-minded mentee. Can't even spit that word out. Mentee. It's a real hard one, Mindy. And... I often talk to myself in the third person, by the way. It's a little fun fact for everybody listening. And I, what else was I going to tell you? And and basically the book is just really, it's a really good read. I mean, it reads like a novel. It actually could have been a beach read if it, if it was coming out in the summertime. Um, it's skewed business, but it's really more life strategies and things like that. So I really would be grateful if you would, uh, give it a go, purchase it, and then definitely take a copy, make a copy rather of your receipt, screenshot it, and send it over to uh, DM it to the Race for the Ring podcast, and you will be entered to ring one of three rings. So that's awesome. So today, back to the topic of the show, is all about first dates, do's and don'ts, so to speak, with Christina Pearson. Hi, Christina. How are Hi. you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome. I'm excited to have this conversation because I have been going on a lot of first dates as of late Ooh. and really since my divorce overall. Okay. Um, I sometimes make it to the third, possibly a couple months in, but usually it's just a lot of early dating, not like relationship heavy. Um, not always because it's the guy, it's some, a lot of it's me, but I'm curious to hear <laughs> what you have to say about what to do after the first date. Before we get into that, though, let's talk a little bit about how you became who you are and what made you um, gravitate to help women like myself deal with the whole dating water of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. I promise when you do it right, it's fun. So um, I'm a certified dating coach. And I now it took me a while to realize, but it's actually always something that I've been into, even though it wasn't always my career. So um, it kind of started when I was in high school, I read one of my mom's dating books called Why Men Love Bitches. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book. No. But I Wait, still what rec- is it called? Why Men Love Bitches? Yep. It's a really good Oh, that's good like the book. opposite of the book I just wrote <laughs> about dating. But I just, <laughs> I just wrote a book that's more geared towards mentorship and just women empowerment called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. Oh, so maybe you don't be, you're not a bitch at work, but you can be a bitch at the boys. Yeah. All right. I like that. All yeah. right. And it's All about right. how you're uh-huh. a bitch. So I read, I read that when I was in high school and that kind of just spiraled. I've always been very, very much into the dating industry. And then about three years ago, I decided I was going to start some sort of blog and and just talk about dating. Um, And Mm -hmm. at the same time, I met my now boyfriend. And and through meeting him, I've learned so much about love and relationships and dating. uh, Mm -hmm. And I decided to, you know, make it official and go through a course and become a dating coach. Um, And 
really now that I'm in this healthy relationship, I'm able to look back on some of the the times where I felt like I was failing at love and kind of go deeper. And now it's just this passion of mine where I'm able to empower women to make great choices and get themselves into happy and healthy relationships. That's great. What did you do before being a dating coach? So I was a makeup artist for 10 years. Yeah, okay. I worked for some some uh, big companies for for a long time, but I did that for ten years. But okay. um, yeah, I just decided. I was curious. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was interview a lot of dating experts and things like that, and yeah. I just find it interesting how they ended up in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's cool. You get to help people and empower them and stuff like that. Okay, so um, basically, what are some of the things I guess that you find most is First of all, is your audience predominantly female or do you guys do? Okay. So sticking with that female lane um, or in that female lane, I should say, what are some of the the biggest mistakes you see people, not necessarily just on their first date, because we'll get into that in a second, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the biggest issues you find women make um, in the dating process? So I would have to say one of the biggest things is thinking that, somebody's going to come in and just like make you happy and change your life. And that's going to be the source of your happiness rather than getting to a place where you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then that way you are less likely to ignore red flags. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the ignoring red flags and getting into those bad relationships, that all starts in the beginning, the beginning of your relationship. And that dating stage is so important. And when you're feeling good about yourself, you make better choices. You don't have to be perfect. You could be a work in progress. I do think that um, some of the best couples grow together. But get mm-hmm. being in a place where you know that somebody's just going to add value rather than make you happy, that's probably the number one thing. That's good advice and very interesting because I do I can see if someone say wasn't happy with themselves they meet somebody that they they are attracted to and they click with and all of that and then these rag flags tend to pop up they might you know perhaps look the other way obviously not acknowledge them to the degree that they should because they want the relationship to work out so badly yeah because they feel like they need that relationship more mm-hmm. than. Like they wouldn't be happy if they break up with a person or something like that. I can see that. Right. I don't think yeah. I've ever been in that boat, but I definitely can see that would be an issue for sure. Yeah, yeah. of course. If you if your confidence level isn't there and you don't think that you can have other options or better options, mm-hmm. you're less likely to walk away from the one bad option that's in front of you. Yeah, because it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's not true. Better than <laughs> have nothing than drama. Yes. <laughs> no one needs that. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no, that's kind of caused on its own anyway in a day-to-day. So why include, <laughs> like, I guess, like, uh, you know, drama that you're actually, like, seeking out on your own? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So um, moving on to the first date space, because that's obviously what this show is about. What um, are some of the biggest hiccups that you find – um, you know, people make. And I also had a question about manifesting. So let's get into that after I, after you answer this question. Okay. So when it comes to first dates, I think that people worry a lot about before the first date. They're like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to say? What are we going to talk about? Where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. Right? All that mm-hmm. stuff. But nobody thinks about what's going to happen after that first date, especially if it goes really well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, mm-hmm. 
what happens is, especially now, we have so many options when it comes to dating as far as online dating and that sort of thing, where some people are going on a lot of dates. And the biggest complaint that I get is that these dates are not going very well. So when you do finally go on a date and it goes really well, sometimes we, our behavior after the date can way overcomplicate it and we don't know how to keep our cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one very specifically, uh, is that I find women especially start fantasizing about this future with someone yeah. that they went on one date with. And that could be even one, two or three dates just very early on in the beginning. You start fantasizing, right? You, you, you start planning the wedding. And I know people that do that before yeah. they even meet the person. I'm like, well, yeah. really? Yep. Yeah. That, that I too. could see that. I could go on a trip with him. I could go mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, I like his kid. They kids are cute. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Just have enjoy your like wine and hang out and hook up maybe. Just have fun and then deal with this in a couple months. <laughs> right, right. Like you you're you have to do your best to stay objective, right? And not yeah. fall into this trap of, oh my God, that went really well, especially if you've been going on a bunch of like crappy dates and then you go on this good one and you're like, this is it. This is the one. You start you're like you know, plan, planning the wedding. Like you said, they're, they're, they have this whole story in their head of what's going to happen when it was just one good date. And you, at the end of the day, don't really know how the other person feels. Maybe for them, they were like, eh, that was an okay date, but I went on a date with another girl the next day and I like her more. You never know, right? Right, right, so right. So the fantasizing is really um, the, the first one that you have to kind of just like step back, let it go, and believe that, you know, if it's, if it's meant to be, it's going to, it's going to happen. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. And then, and right, then right. another, another behavior I noticed too, is some of this does happen before the first date, but it gets really heavy after. So a lot of the times after a good first date, we start, uh, cyber stalking them. Next thing you know, you got into this deep rabbit hole on Facebook where you're looking at their mom's best friend's son's girlfriend's Facebook page and you've gone down this rabbit hole because you start cyber stalking and coming up with this whole story about their life and their character when you don't really know them and you only went on one date. It's true. Before we go get into that, I want to just say, just to piggyback what you were saying about not Not fantasizing, fantasizing. like Like, the the research, and I think some of the stuff you shared was that people should look at that first date as an audition for a second date, right? Mm -hmm. And not like looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right. So just be very like just one day at a time for 100% sure. And the cyber stalking, yes. So I have a friend that does that. I mean, I I think we're all guilty of that to some degree <laughs> um although like i happen to be very active on social media specifically instagram because of what i do for my career i'm a publicist and i need to be and i'm an author and i like to promote like my brand and things like that for those purposes right it's fun i like you know i like yes. making fun pictures <laughs> who doesn't but um but oh, e- either way, I mean the, my main I'm, I'm mostly active because of my job but i I think some of the guys that I've been dating aren't as active. I right. really wish they were because I would have more content <laughs> to peruse. But, um, but I do think like in general, we can form like an opinion about people based on their social media. And that's not who they are. Just like yeah. know, someone could look happy and they're not really fully happy. Or they could look like they're full of themselves. Like I guess looking at my feed, someone might think that I – 
and like all about me and like i i have photos of my kids but i have a lot of pictures of me and like right like who does she think she is but really it's i don't like i'm very down to earth and i don't think i'm all that in a bag of chips i just like I say, do it for my job. So it's true in that way. So like, you can go ahead, elaborate. I just wanted yeah. to weigh in. No, I always have to say no. something because I can't just sit and shut <laughs> up like I probably should. <laughs> no, please do. No. I, I, I tend to go on. So you can absolutely, um, you know, weigh in. No, but you're absolutely right because it can also be in a negative way. You're right about that. Like when I first started dating my boyfriend, if I – if I didn't stalk his social media because I did have those bad habits in the past, right? So then once I started dating him, I was like, I'm not going to just go through his page and scroll all the way to the bottom of the Instagram. And now that I look at it, I'm like, I would have thought that he was like a lo- he never, loser. He never had any pictures. It looked like he didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. You would think that mm-hmm. he was a hermit crab, right? So you can go both ways with and it. Most um, guys don't post a lot. Yeah, that yeah. Put normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just a really bad way to try and get to know more about someone because it's not the truth at the end of right. the day. You know. Right. Um, I mean, so once yeah. you get to know them and you're in a relationship or headed in that direction, then I guess it would be okay. I have another friend that. She, I forget what the scenario was, but she had just met this guy. I don't even think she even met the guy yet, to be honest with you. They were just talking. And she asked him about his, he found him on Facebook. And she saw he was just like really friends with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. So she was like instantly had this opinion that he was like a player and all of that. And I'm like, I mean, maybe he is, but I'm like, just see, like, you don't know. Like, he might not be just right. because he's a lot of female, I don't know. Like, yeah, she got like <laughs> turned off in the beginning. But here, here's yeah. the thing too. I think that a lot of people, especially if you're online dating or if you do get set up or something, you end up looking at their social media, right? It, it's at our fingertips. We want to take a look. Do enough just to know that they're not a catfish. That's fine, right? right? right. You want to just know that like, you want to feel confident. How do you know if they're a catfish that. though? How would you know? Well, it really, it really just depends. I mean, you can, you can do a, a Google image search. You know, you could take just a photo from their profile and pop it into Google and search the image. And if it comes up that it's like a model from Australia, then you, you probably have a catfish on your hands. Right. Um, yeah. but just, just to, just to like know a little bit or know that you definitely find them attractive, that is okay. But the full blown stalking and creating this whole perception about their life when you haven't gotten to know them yet um, isn't a great idea. Plus, if the date, again, if the date goes really well and you're already fantasizing, then once you're, you're doing that cyber stalking, you're fueling the fire. You just keep breathing into this fantasy that may not be true yet. So Mm -hmm. that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's That's, another thing. Cyber stalking. Um, Okay. So the next tip was not basically sitting by your phone, right? Or sitting by your cell phone. Can you elaborate about that? You don't want to just expect to hear from them right away. Um, You know, I I don't believe in playing games, but there's, we live in in the age of, of of information, right? So some people have been conditioned to wait because they don't want to seem too desperate. So a guy might not reach out to you right away for a few different reasons. A guy, a girl, anybody, they might not reach out the next day. They want to play it a little cool. They want to give it a minute before they reach back out again. So if they, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed a lot of women, they'll come to me and say, I went on this amazing date. Um, it's been two days and, and he hasn't texted me saying anything. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might take another week for them to reach back out and ask you to go on another date. Uh, but mm-hmm. sitting by the phone and expecting that phone call and thinking that the phone call or text right away 
means something is, you know, a really negative headspace for you to get into and for you to really just drive yourself crazy when there's no need to do that. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good advice. Um, So one of the articles I found on this topic basically says if you have a good first date, Lock it up and set up the second first date or the second date, I should say, um, while you're on the first date. And they're saying it's okay if the girl does that. I feel like there's no way in hell I would ever, even if I really liked the person. I don't think that's my nature. I'm not like overly aggressive like that. Um, What do you think? Well, I applaud you on that because it's not advice that I would give either. Um, yeah. yeah. Here's, here's my stance on, on where I come from as a dating coach. A lot of the advice out there is very like manipulate the situation. If they say this, you respond with this. If they do this, you tell them that. When instead, you know, there is, especially in the sense right now, the, the this particular conversation we're having is kind of like that heteronormative, you know, man and woman relationship. But th- this goes with masculine and feminine in general, right? Mm-hmm. In your in a fe- your fem- when you're in your feminine, you can just lean back. If they want to ask you on another date, they're going to, right? You, know? right. Um, right, right. you can let them know. I had a really good time. Like this was so much fun. I had a really good time. That's letting them know that you enjoyed your time. And then if they want to ask you out again, yeah, they absolutely this was awesome. Will. I would do it again. Yes. With you. Like, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. It. Without saying it, that's like, please yeah. let's do yeah. this again. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think that, I, I don't think that you should, if you really want to, and you want to set it up, but you know, that, that to me is a very manipulative approach to dating. Um, and especially, uh, as a woman, and if you do value a- any sort of uh, tradition like that at all, I do think that it's in your best interest to just chill, lean back, let it come to you. Because mm-hmm. you know, especially if if you show that you had a nice time and and you and you are appreciative of the time that you spent together, um, it's going to happen again if they want it to. Are there any questions that you would say should be off the table um, on a first date? Like, do you want to get married? Do you want? children do you want where do you see yourself in 10 years like things like that I had a another expert basically was like you should ask all those questions right away because you know if it's not a fit you want to know right away so you can move on to the next ones no skins in the game yet blah 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 and I hear her and I agree with that to some degree but I also feel like if I get asked a bunch of things about the future on a first date I would be like taken aback a little bit and sort of like you need to relax dude like I don't let's just play it by ear (laughs) what do you think so here's the thing when you go into a first date thinking that you need to ask so many questions what's going to happen it's going to turn into that dreaded interview style first date that nobody wants I hate that right yeah. The one question. There's only one question that you should ask. And however you frame it in a way that feels authentic to you. Um, but you do want to ask them if they are dating with a purpose to have a long-term relationship. That's the that's only a, thing you need to That's a way to, to put know. it. I yeah, like you can that. say, what's your intention for dating? Like, you know, we met Not me, app, we met but through whatever. in general. Like, why are you out <laughs> yeah. there in the... Exactly. So in that's great. Land. Yeah. I would say within within three dates, though, you should ask those more long term questions. If they come up very naturally on um, on a first date, that's fine. But if you're focused so much on making sure you get those questions in, that's when it becomes that interview style, and then that's when the date's not fun anymore. Your first date should be 
storytelling should be flirting if you're into them like to just be having fun and seeing if you would even want to go like I said um, and like you brought up from from my my blog post that second date it's that kind of audition for a second date how do you avoid the interview though I feel like it's this where did you go to school what made you go into PR (laughs) what was it like working in TV news what um what are your kids what's the schedule what how old are they what do they play like I literally can recite for you like (laughs) every question I think is like I want to like come with like a resume and like like, here read this at your leisure right like Um, read this when you get home let's talk about something fun (laughs) oh I know like I don't want to talk about I mean I don't mind sharing stuff about my job I love what I do, but I don't want to have a whole conversation about my career. Well, think about, think about it more as storytelling, right? So like a good exercise that I'll tell clients is before you go on a first date, or if you're just getting ready to start dating, think about the types of questions that you know people are going to ask you. And what's a story that you can tell instead? You know what I mean? Like, what's a story about it that you can tell? Because that's the way then a natural conversation flows. So if somebody says like, oh, have you traveled? Or where have you traveled? Instead of just being like, I've been here, 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 and here. And my favorite place was this place. Instead, it's like, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a bit. And my favorite was uh, when I went to Riviera Maya. And I found this, uh, this, this woman on the beach selling jewelry. And I bought this piece. And I love the culture. And you get into a more of like a story. And you're showing your feelings and emotion. And then that's when you can get into a conversation when it's just feeling the pressure to give those bullet point answers and then ask a question back. Don't feel like it needs to be question answer. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you the same question. question. I know. Okay. Now it's, I ask it back. It's to horrible. You. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. okay if you talk about like one thing the whole time on the first date, that's totally fine. Let it flow. Yeah, because then you have mystery and you can find out more later if you like mm-hmm. the person. And if not, it's fine. You didn't waste any info. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of which, what do you do yeah. when you don't like the person? There's obviously tactics, tactics to take yeah. um, that you so you can look like a lady and not come off like a bitch, unlike your book. advice not your books but that other book which I think I want want to read I think that sounds funny yeah my alley um obviously always show gratitude and show like thanks even if they don't pay which I most of my guys I think all my guys actually pay um but you don't they don't have to certainly they I've just been lucky enough that they've been nice that way but um but just thanks in general for their time even if you have no intention of seeing them again any other um bullet points you might share like top three things to do if you do not like the person and you have no intention of seeing them again but also want to end on a high note as opposed to a you know just kind of uh. I think I think especially as women we're afraid to hurt people's feelings mm-hmm. so you don't have to it doesn't have to necessarily end on a high note it doesn't have to end on really any sort of specific note just saying thanks I had a great time but I don't really I I, I don't want to pursue this as you know, as oh really? Curious. You think you should say that? Yeah, thank you. I I had a great time, but yeah, I I'm not interested in pursuing this any further. You don't owe anybody an explanation because you didn't enjoy your time with them or see a connection. You don't owe them that. That saying saying thank you, but that that's what everybody really wants at the end of the day. It stings a little bit, but don't. Wouldn't you just want to know? I'm not interested. Great. <laughs> They're not interested. And then you can move on. And it's like, no, no hard feelings. And that's part of that, like, first date and, and some, you know, people getting wrapped up in that sort of thing. Because they thank you. Yeah. I had a great time. But I don't really see this 
going any further, but I wish you the best of luck in your dating. You can say that, but it's really just, you, of course, you know, say thank you, especially if they took you on a date. I mean, if, if they were, if they were rude and you didn't really like them, you know, you can just be like, Hey, no, I'm actually like not interested in, in going out. <laughs> right. Like, like whatever at the end, yeah. if, if it's, listen, if it's like awkward in person and they're like, Oh, when can I see you next? You can just be like, um, text, text me and, and let me know, like when, like, you know, text me, we'll, we'll talk after this. If it's like you're in the middle of the date and you know that it's not going well and it's, you feel so uncomfortable that you don't want to say that at the end, it's fine to put it in a text message. You don't owe a stranger a I big feel explanation. The same, you don't know the next book. Yeah, you really, you, you really just, don't. I know. I feel the same exact way. I just also I have friends that sometimes will ghost the people. I don't think that's nice. No, ghosting, I don't agree. Yeah. It's yeah, bad karma. Don't, you don't want that happening to you. You'd rather somebody let you know that they're not interested rather no, than like, exactly. you. No, exactly. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Or, you know, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, can I get back to you? I kind yeah. of do that a little bit just because I. Yeah. I mean, listen, grown I'm, adults get the hint. I hate hurting people's feelings. But, <laughs> but there was a couple times that I was direct and I was like, I'm sorry. I just don't see that this was a fit. Yeah. Because it, it was very persistent. And yeah. I, I mean, also I take the word sorry Now because my phone's going to blow up. I'm going to wind up blacking this guy. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. Yeah. No, take the word sorry out of the vocabulary. You don't have to apologize because you didn't click with somebody. That You know, you really don't have to say I'm sorry even. You know, just to say, I had a really nice time. Thank you. It was nice getting to know you. I just don't really see this romantically being a fit for me. Right. No, that's, yeah, exactly. You can be nice about it. I think honesty is always the best policy. It's more the the person who's the messenger. I feel like it's more uncomfortable for them than actually the recipient of the message. So um, let's talk a little bit about, unless there's anything more on the first date front that we didn't hit that you want to get into. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, um, your workbook, how to attract your dream guy ASAP. Yes. (laughs) That sounds super cool. Yeah. The only last thing I could say about first dates is if you do, if you are somebody who gets into that habit of fantasizing, the number one thing that you can do to prevent yourself from getting really reeled in is Mm -hmm. maybe no kissing on the first date because that sometimes goes hand in hand. Oh, I know. Yeah, when you're fantasizing, it's sometimes because you got a little too like close or touchy or kissing. So don't do that on the first date. Listen, if it happens, I mean, my boyfriend started as a one night stand. I don't recommend people like go out. Your boyfriend was a one night stand. That's what I thought. And it wasn't. However, I never tell my clients. Oh, you slept with him on the first date and you you thought it was going to be a one night stand. Yeah. It wasn't even a first date. Like I literally met him out in in Soho at like a brunch. You know, you know what I mean? But I don't tell people go out and and make out on the first date. It's like an exception to the rule. It's not the rule. Don't do it. (laughs) I feel like I don't have like, right. I mean, for me, I'm in my 40s. Like, I actually wish I could be more free that way. <laughs> it takes me a lot to, like, want to be with somebody like that. Like, I just am not that attracted to them. But, but that's a great way to protect your heart and to stay objective. So I think that's a really also, not, thing. But it's not fun. <laughs> it isn't fun, Christina. <laughs> you can have fun and be careful. And, like, who cares if you see them again, too? I like, want to be that girl so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get can't it. bring myself to that. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm it's sorry. like confessions of like a good girl. It's so awful. 
<laughs> It'll pay oh off. My God. Maybe in my fifties, I'll like free myself a little. I don't know. That I have more. Kind of I had more. I was always kind of that way, but I think yeah. as I got older, it became even more because I need to like know them yeah. and like, feel comfortable. Maybe because I was married. I'm not really yeah. sure what my issue is. To be honest, there's I'll no way analyze myself a little more. I mean, I love to sleep with people. I love. I mean, that. who doesn't? I definitely <laughs> like it. I just um, it takes a while for me to want to be Good. intimate with somebody so isn't that a fun combo okay so let's get into <laughs> let's get into it's probably more than you signed up for let's no, get into it. the manifesting um okay. and we're not necessarily how to attract your dream guy asap but can you yes. share some of your tips from the workbook and then and as we wrap up you can share how people can like sign up and they can get it yeah. for free and like all yes. that good stuff yes so um i realize that like I said before, a lot of uh, dating advice out there is very reactive. It's very reactive. It's, it's very like waiting for things to happen so you can react to them when really the biggest thing is how, the best thing is how to attract the right partner to you. Imagine how right. nice that feels right. to just attract the right people into your life. So I realized that when I started dating my boyfriend, Joe, I was in a really good headspace. And one of my friends said to me, you manifested your relationship with Joe. Like the, you kept saying that you knew that you were going to meet somebody soon and that they were going to be really great. And I was like, oh my goodness. You did? Yes, I did. Yeah. A hundred percent. You knew that? I, I knew it. So I, 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 I really just, I did the work. So, um, most people are familiar with, you know, the book or the movie, the secret. I don't know if you yeah, I, watched I it actually, read. I, I read that. Yeah. Okay. I like that book. Yeah. So I remember, yeah. um, my parents made me watch it when I was like a senior in high school, they watched it and like, they made me watch it. And it was something that I was always very interested in. It's mm-hmm. difficult to put things like that into practice sometimes, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it can feel very, gimmicky and weird and and whatever um but but it is something that anytime I've really implemented into my life amazing things happen Mm -hmm. so I created this free resource uh and it's called how to uh, manifest your dream guy ASAP and uh the tagline is stop swiping and start manifesting so it's a a workbook that you could either complete it you know one chapter each day for seven days, or it's just all in seven steps. And it's really how you can get yourself into the right frame of mind, putting the right energy out there to be able to attract your dream guy. And it's not very woo woo where it's like, you're just going to sit there and meditate and your boyfriend's going to show up within an hour. There are actionable steps. Um, so I'll just give you a couple of examples. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Just don't not keep it all the way. I want people to sign yeah. up for it. I might. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So one, one of them, for example, is how important it is to let go of things that are no longer serving you. For example, people have what I like to call placeholder boyfriends, that maybe there's a guy that you keep around in your life because he's giving you attention, but you have no intention yourself of pursuing a relationship. He's just there as a placeholder until you find someone better. You need to let him go so that you can open up space for somebody to walk into your life. Plus, it's not really nice if you're doing that to somebody, then you expect no, or you know, the right thing for someone break up with them, right? Yes, exactly. I've it's definitely about been that person. Go. 
Yeah, yeah. people yeah. who still have... I mean, have... I didn't do that to someone, so <laughs> did that to me. <laughs> right, no, we've <laughs> well, all been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, or even if it's, you know, you're texting or having conversations with exes that maybe you shouldn't have, if you're holding on to photos or certain memories or gifts that really don't hold that much value that you could be getting rid of. So things like like that. Living a life that you want to attract. So put it, so let's say there's qualities that you expect in a partner, but you're not really possessing any of those complementary qualities yourself. It's about working on your life and yourself so that you're in this confident headspace to attract healthy people as well. So those are just, you know, two of the, the types of steps that are in there, but it's really just about putting out that energy and getting yourself into a frame of mind where you can just attract good people rather than endlessly searching and swiping and, and, anxiously looking for your partner. That's interesting. So would you advise, and not, nothing against the apps, but would yeah. you advise that people maybe take a cleanse from that and try to this, this technique instead? So I'm a little anti-dating app. Mm-hmm. I think that it's good to have maybe one. It's good to maybe spend 15 minutes a day on it. Um, obviously, you know, the, the time that we've had over the last year and a half or so has, um, yeah. made it a little hard. Yeah. I mean, it had changed the dynamics a little bit for sure. Right now, while things are opening back up and if you are comfortable, I would say delete them for the summer, right? Mm -hmm. Delete Mm -hmm. them for the summer. There's Mm -hmm. ways to meet people in person that have nothing to do with going to a bar or getting set up or, you know, there's ways to meet people. People don't realize that you are out either in a grocery store, a gym, a dog park, whatever it is. You're, there's many opportunities to meet new people, but we're all sucked into the phones and we've gotten into this like weird social anxiety where we don't approach people. So mm-hmm. You, that doesn't mean that you have to go up to whatever hot guy you see and be like, hi, and start a conversation. That could start really little with like, I, I tell everyone, if you're in the supermarket and there's like a little old lady in the aisle and you know, you, you ask her a question and it starts with that, just getting comfortable talking to new people because you're not going to get comfortable talking to maybe somebody who you find attractive unless you're comfortable speaking to strangers in general and being more social in general. So I don't right, love dating right, right. apps. Yeah, I don't love dating apps. I think it gives you the opportunity to be overly picky, not selective, but overly picky, <laughs> you know, and, and make those assumptions based on people. Um, yeah, it makes so, sense. You know, yeah. it's interesting you should say that because literally yesterday I deleted, I only had two apps on my phone. One, um, I can't delete. Well, I can delete, but like I'm, I'm committed to it until the end of July. Okay. But the other one I deleted, and it was so liberating deleting. Yeah. It. And I had like matches, and I was in conversations, and then when I was like really like overly excited about, I don't think because I was like, bye. And then, I love that. That's <laughs> yes. And go. then um, I'm deleting the other one for sure. Um, I'm not to say I'll, I'll never ever go back to that app, but. Um, at least for me right now, I definitely want to try to meet somebody organically. And I also have to say, like, my life is so insanely busy between my job, my business um, slash job, and like this, you know, the book, I'm doing a book tour, I'm starting back at grad school part time in the fall, it's just too many moving parts. And to have that, not that it's pressure, but I just don't want that additional thing on my plate. I feel like if I meet right. someone, and it's meant to be or whatever, it's a fit, it'll happen. And if right. not, it's all good. Like, I 
I'd rather yeah. have my spare time to myself. <laughs> that's a really good place to be in though, because that sounds like the fact that you had some matches and some conversations going, if you were in like a desperate energy, you would feel like you need to keep that app or you'd yeah. get out your phone no, number I'm I'm before like, deleting I'm the app. I'm very happy by myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to have a partner and I want a boyfriend, but I, under I don't the right know if I'll be happy if, if, if I'm like, if one of my 47, I don't know if I, I would be happy if I would say 57 and I was still no prospect of a boyfriend. Well, I understand. But right now in my life, I've, like I said, I have young kids. I just have a lot. So I want one, but I'm not like, oh, you know, right. about it. So yeah. 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 Dating app fatigue is a real thing. Yeah. It really is. Take a cleanse, everybody. <laughs> cleanse. Set yourself free. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Tell everybody where we can find you. And we're going to put a link to your website in the show notes so all of our Race for the Ring listeners can join um, into that workbook process and try to manifest their love this summer. Sure. <laughs> okay. So the easiest way to find me or um, my workbook, anything like that, would be on Instagram or TikTok uh, at Can't Get a Text Back easy and then everything will be linked there that's great all right awesome all right well thank you have a great holiday thank you too are you in new york this me. weekend what are you, for the yes. july 4th yeah yes very nice okay. <laughs> stay dry all right all right thank you bye bye Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Furco's Fine Jewelry. The family-owned business is best known for their handcrafted statement pieces, engagement rings, and fashion finds. Visit them on Instagram at Furco's Fine Jewelry and make them your go-to when shopping for a special gift for a loved one, friend, or for yourself. Race for your ring and use special code MINDY15 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Happy shopping! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.